clear your mind and climb the tower. Hi everyone, this is Rowan Odom. Today, we're pleased to showcase The Tower, an ambient, experimental audio fiction which combines a concept album and the mystery and drama of a young woman's journey of self-discovery. Join Kiri as she forsakes the hustle and bustle of the modern world and ascends a seemingly infinite tower. Along the way, she will witness sights and sounds which will challenge her very being and have deeply personal conversations with friends and family on oddly convenient phones left on the tower. Immersive and contemplative, the tower lays out an experience that is touching and dramatic in turn, inspired by the works of Ryuichi Sakamoto and evoking introspective adventures like Celeste. You can find The Tower wherever you get your podcasts, or as an ad-free album on their Bandcamp, tincanaudio.bandcamp.com. Part 1, 2, and 3 are available now, with Part 4 coming soon. Hello, I'm Cody Michael Carmichael, and you're about to be listening to the amazing podcast Syntax, which probably means you're smart, charming, and have great taste. And maybe you're interested in scientists discovering and doing cool things, or you'd like to be one. If that's the case, you should come check out BroadlyEpi.com, where I teach the science of epidemiology, programming, provide summaries of the most recent research, have some software tools available, and a lot more. If you're interested in renting a scientist, well, we have that option too. BroadlyEpi.com, epidemiology, broadly speaking. Hello listeners, this is Ty Vaughn, writer for Syntax and voice of Silas Caldwell. I'm thrilled to showcase our sponsors, the exceptional creative software suite, World Anvil. World Anvil is the one-stop shop for tabletop gamers, fantasy and sci-fi authors, or world-building enthusiasts who just can't wait to start getting some thoughts down. This is far from just a wiki editor. They have a number of tools and features available, including world-building templates, an RPG campaign manager, a novel writing and publishing tool, interactive map builders, timeline builders, and more. Your vast web of outlines, character plots, and family trees has a home waiting on World Anvil. Check out the full features using the link below or by visiting worldanvil.com. Subscribe using the promo code in the description of this episode and you'll get 51% off an annual subscription, and you'll be directly supporting the creation of TSP Network shows. Thanks in advance for checking it out. Hi everyone, Rowan Odom here. We're pleased to showcase The White Vault, a horror podcast set in the frigid darkness of the Arctic Circle. Follow the adventures of an international rescue and repair team investigating a mysterious signal while navigating the treacherous nature of the polar nightmare they find themselves in. Worst of all, they find they may not be as isolated as they think. Fans of Syntax will love this indie series created by a two-person team. The show balances fictional elements with painstaking scientific, linguistic, oral, and cultural precision and details. The science team hail from all across the globe, a multilingual and multidisciplinary team dealing with their findings as best they can. Filled with masterly crafted foley that places you in the moment with polar bears, howling icy winds, and more. 
Find The White Vault however you listen to podcasts, or find out more about the show at thewhitevault.com. Subscribe now and delve the waiting horrors. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Oh my god. Fuck, I, I, I remember Epsilon. This was when the tides changed. The dreaded day has arrived. Long years have I, Ilutisu, spent rotting, seeing no sun nor stars. Torn in two pieces, seeking new worlds only in my heart, while finding small comfort in our new cave home. Every day the people have grumbled. Some sought to return to Osratu. Others became lost here, seeking a surface which does not exist. But most, most want to try again. I am among them, even if the cost is great. I wish to leave. Kanamu says I am foolish. I was right to be young and frightened when we first arrived, they say. I ask if it would be wiser to go back. Kanamu says no. I ask if it would be wiser to stay and explore. Kanamu says no. I ask Kanamu if there is anything wise I can do at all. Kanamu says... No. I know this to be a lie. They want to say even to live is foolishness. I feel the wrongness of their words and how much they have given up. It saddens me, and I know not what to do. I watch Kanamu sometimes, tending to the eggs and the grubs in the dark heart of our home. Kanamu keeps them healthy and strong, obedient. I feel a strange sadness. We have fought so hard for our survival, and yet all we have done is bring more pain and suffering, more death. The grumbling of our people and the hardness of our lives have turned the minds of our leaders into flint, 
With any strike of word or thought, they send forth sparks and flame, heat and resistance. The clever are both to blame for our suffering and the only reason we are still alive. The keepers did well to preserve our lives and save us from Asratu, and also brought us to this hellish place, this stinking home of worms and swamps. I have not brought us anywhere yet, and already I am to blame for whatever hardship lies beyond. Perhaps Kanamu is right. All is falling. The only right thing to do is to lie down and perish. And yet, when I watch them work, carefully mixing food for the Strong's children and training them to serve and to fight, I see a little of Kanamu's former spirit rising. They are at play with the little ones. They have a little joy, teaching them to read and to write. They hold our old ways in disdain. I seek not slaves, Ilutisu, but helpers, friends. The old traditions demand servitude, subjugation. The beasts and plants all must serve our vision and submit to our wishes. But I find joy in their being. They need not have purpose. Is it strange to think they could be like unto us? To speak with us, eat at our table, drink from our cups, read and write books as we do? I do not know what to say. I do not know any other way. All I say to Kanamu is, do what seems right to you, only will you go with me? Will you stay by my side if we journey again? With the heavy burden, they say yes. I know I ask so much, but I cannot go on without you, my cherished and only remaining friend, Kanamu, the youngest and strangest of the clever. Perhaps your new way is strange. The old clever and keepers alike could not perceive a world where we and the beasts live as equals. But I say to you, Kanam, if your way seems right to you, I will make it my way as well. I will love each of these strong warriors as if they were my siblings, my parents, my friends. Your family, my family, my Alka. Translator's note. That's what Alka means. Family. To be Alka is to be family, by blood or by friendship. Your Alka are my Alka, Kanamu. And when we find a new way and wish for a new Pilsu, I take joy knowing you will come with me. But I hope these children of ours find their own way. Our leaders may leave them behind, but the space for love and learning you've made in their hearts and minds, Kanamu, is a vessel that will overflow to all generations, bringing sweetness, nourishment, companionship. You have made more than a shield, Kanamu. You have made a home. Talata. Deva. My only remaining prayer is that I should fulfill my duty as keeper 
and wish you safely to a fitting home for ourselves, a place where the sun shines on our faces and we may surround ourselves with warmth and kinship. I will not forget you. I will not forget any of you. But we must go. <sighs> Myalka. I may as well make a situation report for Yanks. There have been many developments in the last few days, and no time for full reports, only field logs. I'll keep this brief. Alpha received orders to retrieve another sample from the aquatic specimen, which afflicted Jay with... something. Lizzie decided to depart right away. Our trip was uneventful, but upon arriving in Depth 5, Asratu, the specimen seems to have vanished. Exploration of the coast returned negative results. We decided to explore Depth 6 instead. A reckless endeavor, surely, but we were counting on finding the necessary specimen on both worlds, as we've done before. Depth 6 is almost pitch dark. The stars are far away, and the terrain is difficult. Mostly wet sand and sharp obsidian rocks. We were able to discover a body of water, but alas, we've also discovered a large number of amphibious, indigenous sentients guarding the coastline. They are actively blocking our attempts to enter the water and search for the aquatic specimen. Not content with one reckless act, we requested the Alka give Upsilon access to depths 5 and 6. Permission was granted, and Site Director Beckett has approved Upsilon's presence. We have now regrouped at the entrance to the breach on Depth 6. Everyone is resting, and our scientific and humanitarian mission on Depth 6 begins, as soon as we've had a few hours to catch our breath. I am grateful to Upsilon for the speed they were able to arrive here with us, and I am... I am grateful that the team medic was able to rejoin us. We are hopeful for what comes next. If all goes well, we should have a specimen delivered shortly. That's all for now. Okay, everyone, listen up. Here's the plan. Heading left out of the breach entrance takes you to the nearest beach. We can't get to the water. There's dozens of these natives, and they're very shy. Shy? Not the word I would use. Nervous, territorial, whatever. They're keeping us away from the water. So, we need to find some path to the ocean without getting ambushed. We'll send our two teams out in opposite directions, going both ways along the coast. Upsilon, you'll take the left way. We'll go right. Do not engage with the locals, and do not shoot at them, unless it is very clear one of your team members is in immediate danger. Absolute last-ditch effort by the security teammates. Understood? Understood. You got it. Good. I will also remind you all to keep an eye out for a new breach. It's our best guess that this isn't the homeworld, so there should be another. But specimen retrieval comes first. Remember that. We may need the specimen to get back home if Breach 6 closes naturally on us. So make sure you get plenty for the labs and for the breach. 
will stay in radio contact. I expect hourly reports. If anything happens or your radio breaks or something, we'll rendezvous at the breach. If the other team doesn't show up, then start searching along the coast. Most importantly, stay safe. Best of luck, everyone. All right, we got our orders. Let's move. First hourly check. You need any help with the radio, dear? I got it. Are we still in range? Oh, I highly doubt we're out of range. This radio should give us around 200 miles or over 300 kilometers on a bad day. We might not have any satellites, but also no competing signals. How do you know that? Maybe the fish people have shortwave. I mean, okay, there could be, but I haven't picked up on anything yet. And that's rude, calling them fish people, Jay. That's what they are! We don't know that. I told you, they're amphibious. We've seen them go on land and swim out to sea. So, they're frog people? We don't know that either. At least he's getting warmer. Oops! Sorry! I had the volume turned up. No, I'm... I'm sorry. Just... jumpy. Darkness getting to you, huh, Sai? It's a good thing the natives don't care about us as long as we keep away. Jay, can you keep an eye out just in case? Like it's gonna do any good. Our lights just get swallowed up. Just watch for the eyes, man. They glow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Upsilon, this is Alpha. Come in, Upsilon. It is 1500 Yanis time, if our watches are still correct. What's your status? Over. Upsilon, this is Alpha. Come in, Upsilon. What's your status? Over. Alpha, this is Upsilon. Everything's fine. Still searching. No sign of a beach entrance we can use. What about you? Over. Negative, Upsilon. Still walking. Keep at it. We'll check back in an hour. Over and out. Understood. Over and out. All done. I'll pack it up. No luck? Not yet. How many frog people can there be? Dozens? We're way past dozens, Jay. Hundreds, maybe thousands. Found a whole city of them, huh? Sure looks like it. Hmm. Hey, you need help with that? I got it. You sure? You know, I don't mind. (laughs) No, really. (laughs) You're the one I'm worried about. Uh, I told you, I'm fine. Are you sure? Yeah, of course. Jay, what happened to you, out of curiosity? We haven't even had a chance to probably talk since that day. (sighs) Yeah, I'm really sorry about that, by the way. I wish I could have helped. You were knocked the fuck out. Not much else you could have done. Yeah, but still. Awful situation. They tried to keep me updated, but... Sorry about the hand, by the way, Lizzie. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. I... Tell us what happened to you. Not much to tell. I mean, I was fading in and out. Like, 
The first lucid moment I had was about two days ago. I was having crazy dreams, couldn't get a grip, really no sense of time. I finally woke up, like I was shrugging it off. Rock said the meds were finally working. Then they told me what you guys were up to, and after I got back on my feet, they led me out with Epsilon. That's... Th that doesn't sound like the best idea. You should have stayed. I couldn't let you guys go on your own. Besides, I feel fine. Doc said I probably just got disoriented after getting knocked out. Uh, some kind of psychological effect. Are you... having any side effects? side effects? Of... Uh, of the medicine. Oh, I don't really know. Well... Okay. I get really bad dreams. I've slept one day at Giannis, and another on Necropolis. Duck said they might stick around for a while, but otherwise... Yeah, okay. Jay... I'm fine, really. I couldn't live with myself if I let you guys keep going without me. Am I stupid? <laughs> yeah, but like, that's normal for me. <laughs> that's true. And the docs told me the specimen might help them make better meds. So like, I'm here for me, not you guys anyway. You guys suck. What, Z? Everybody except Alex. Uh, yeah, whatever. Like I'd believe you now. Well, we're glad you're back. Let's hope this specimen might give you a more permanent cure. I hope so, too. All done, Alex? Ready. Let's go! Time to check in! This beach goes on forever! Dude, they're still on patrol. How can they cover all this? There's a lot of them. A metric fuckton of them. See what I mean about the eyes? Yeah, holy shit! They glow in the dark! And they've got all kinds of eyes! One eyes, two eyes, four eyes? Like shit, man! You weren't kidding about the horror movie! Told ya. Okay, we're set up! Upsilon, this is Alpha. Come in, Upsilon, over! Epsilon, this is Alpha. Come in. Over. Can you set that to repeat automatically? Got it. Epsilon, this is Alpha. Come in. Over. I hope they're okay. I'm sure they're fine. They don't have a world-class radio setter like we do. Probably takes them forever. Jay. Yeah? You sure you're okay? Like I told you... An hour ago, and 30 minutes ago, and every five minutes since. I'm fine. Promise. Sorry. You don't gotta be. You just had me so worried about you. I thought we lost you. Nah, you ain't getting rid of me that easily. Alright. What, what do you dream about? Over. Oof. You don't have to talk about it. Nah, it's okay. It's okay. It's probably gonna sound a lot less scary than it feels. I just... It's a bit different each time. But they're all like... The same dream. I think I was having it a while. I was knocked out too. But it keeps coming back. Okay, 
It's dark, and I'm cold. I feel heavy, like I'm sinking, and it's loud, so loud. It's just like this, this deep, deep noise. My eardrums are about to burst. I, I try to reach for something, but my arms won't move either. And then... <laughs> and then I hear a voice. Something I can hear over the noise, not, not from above, but further down, calling me back like I was going the wrong way. I think... Now, this is going to sound corny, but I think it's your voice, Alex. Mine? Yeah, telling me to come home, but it's not really comforting. I, I don't know why. It's like... It's, it's also kind of creepy. Different. But I trust you, so I reach. It feels like I'm breaking every bone I have. But I reach. Trying to get to you. Trying to get away. But I keep dragging down. I'm too heavy. And the noise won't stop. That's it. Really. Oh, come on. Well... You better keep listening to me. I'll say it in your dreams and in real life. You have to stay with us. <laughs> I'll do my best. Alpha, this is Upsilon reporting in. What's your status? Over. Oh, good. Finally. No changes. Nothing to report. Over. Small change here. The beach has started to curve. This might be a large bay instead of the open ocean. We're hoping we can find the border, maybe get away from the natives. Over. Good, very good. Proceed and... <gasps> <gasps> oh boy. The fuck? Get down! <laughs> Everyone okay? I'm here. We're good. Everyone's here. Over. Glad you're okay. We can see it from here. We saw the light and felt the boom. Should we regroup? Over. Stick to the plan. Use the light to your advantage. Find beach access and continue your search, but be careful. The light could expose your position. We're going to sit tight. Check back in an hour. We'll keep the radio up. Over and out. Understood. Stay safe. Over and out. What the hell is that? The... The light is beaming out from that... Tower? I can't tell what the light is perched on. It's not illuminated well, but it's high in the sky. And thank God we can finally see farther than our own noses. It... It looks like a lighthouse. Why did it light up? Was it always there? Look! Or? Between us! Whoa... There's a gap in the sand between us and the lighthouse. It's a canyon. It's massive. It goes all the way to the ocean and into the distance inland. Glad we can get a look around. We could have walked right into that. All right, 
What's the plan? Let's wait here and see if anything else happens. If not, we'll head towards the lighthouse. Maybe we can use it as a vantage point? What if it's occupied? Could be something searching for us. We can worry about that later. What a sight. Maybe they're more advanced on this depth than we thought. The light is so bright. Did the natives do this? How do you think they're responding? Good question. We should take a look. The coastline isn't far. Okay. Cass? Yeah? I'm going to stay with the radio and see if Upsilon checks back in. Can you very carefully go over to the ridge and check it out? Very carefully. What am I, a kindergartner? I could be careful. Maybe, but actually, no. I doubt it. What? I'll go with you. There you go. Gee, thanks. Don't be long. They're staring at the lighthouse. I believe a few of them are kneeling to our left. Yeah, I see them. Are they worshipping it? It does appear to hold particular fascination. More than that, I can't say. I wonder if they're distracted enough. I could run right past them. Don't give me your resting skeptic face. Can't be helped. You're doing that thing again. What, being dead weight? Being rash when a teammate is in danger. That's not a thing. No. No. No one's in danger. More than usual. You know what I mean. I'm not going to hound you about it. Cass. What? I haven't had a chance to speak with you alone, and I need to tell you a few things. Sigh. I know. You... You know? It's been crazy, but it's okay. I know you love me. I love you too. No, Cass, that's not it. What? This is important. What? Saying I love you isn't important? I I mean, I love you. I do. You know I do. Do I? Cass, it's about Alpha. (sighs) Oh. Listen, you remember the time I went inside the breach and had the vision? I made a recording of it. Beckett found it. What? How? I don't know. I think... I think, in all the rush to get back to Yanis, I may not have had a chance to properly separate my recordings. I usually do, but... Yeah, we were more worried about getting Jay and Lizzie home. Precisely. I could have sworn I took care of it, but he got a hold of it. (sighs) Damn it! Does Beckett know about the rest? I don't think so, but I'm unsure. I store the rest locally, not on the network. The only recording I'm positive he knows about is when I went inside Breach 6. But there could be more. I don't want to even consider it, but... But what? The other way he might know is if someone gave it to him. You think we have a spy? Possibly. Who is it? Someone from Upsilon? No, no. I think they'd have to be within Alpha. 
Sai, that's... Who could it even be? You probably just misplaced it, which is bad, but it's okay. No, I... I'm so sure I took care of it. Well, that brings us back to... Who is it? Jay was unconscious. You and Alex were trading places carrying Jay. Neither of you really have a reason to... You think it was Lizzie? Okay, look, I know you and Lizzie don't get along. Wait. What if it's not about you? Shit. You see it. Lizzie and I agreed to let bygones be bygones, to help Jay. But I don't think this is about getting back at me or landing me in trouble. It's about showing good leadership. Lizzie has been acting like a director's pet. Shit. And if he only has recent recordings, she has access to all of Alpha's files at Yanis with her new team lead ID. She could have uploaded it when we got back. Shit! Mm-hmm. Maybe an accident? Or maybe on purpose. I don't know. So why are you recording this? If Beckett already knows, he hasn't done anything about it. And I may have a way to confirm it, but I'll need to have a few files at the ready. Okay. And there's something else. It's about Jay. More bad news? I'm afraid so. Jay... Jay shouldn't be here, and I don't mean it was a risky decision on his part. Uh, I managed to find a doctor's note about Jay's condition. He's not... he's not well. Whatever happened to him on Osratu, it's... Cass, it's changing him. I'm guessing you don't mean it's the stress. No, I wish it was just that. His brain chemistry is altering. I believe Vincula wants to help, genuinely, but if his mind is literally transforming, who knows what he might do? What might happen to him? Or us? But then why release him? And why does he seem fine? I don't have the answers to those questions. That bothers me greatly. Any more bad news? I do have some good news. What's that? I do love you. (laughs) That's good to know. I love you too. And my translation is still coming along nicely. Oh, great. Indeed. I adore translating stories full of despair and pain. Oh, joy. But they're finding little silver linings even in a situation as dire as theirs. Maybe we should look for them as well. Are you telling me to look for silver linings? I don't see the harm in it. Why do you ask like that? Are you feeling all right? Yes. No fevers? No, I I don't think so. Cass, what are you- Any weird dreams about drowning and loud noises? Because I don't think it's just Jay who's changing. I'm appalled that you are conflating Jay's condition with my simple suggestion to become a bit more optimistic. And I'm appalled to find you being optimistic at all, Bookworm. Surely I've not been all that gloomy. You barely say anything to the team anymore, Sai. But after what you told me... (sighs) 
might not just be the sadness talking. Or not talking. Perhaps. <gasps> what are they? They're leaving. Headed down the beach. Where? Doesn't matter. Silas, they're gone. No, could... wait, wait! Let's tell the others. Sigh. we can't wait. Please, if they're back before we report, you wouldn't have time anyway. Uh, fine, quick. What's happened? Why are, why are you running? Lizzie, they're gone. They started chanting, and then they headed further down the beach. We have an opening. Now's our chance. An opening? Good! Good, let's go! The radio! It's Epsilon! Repeat! This is Alpha! Repeat! Over! Don't go near the water! Stay away! We've lost one of our team! The water's wrong! It's wrong! Stay away! They're coming! We're headed to safety! Do not go near the water! Stay away! No! You! Oh, gods, I hope they're okay. The water. She said the water's wrong. What does that mean? I... I, I don't know. What do we do now? <sighs> Where did you say the natives were headed? Further down the beach. Toward... toward Upsilon. Fuck! Fuck my luck! Gods, should we go help? How are we going to help against thousands of swarming frog people? No, no, we can't. We stay here by the radio and wait for a signal. But I know that sounds selfish, but we can't help them. They know to run to the breach. We find out what's happened later. If we head that way, we'll just be running into the horde. Jay? Jay, what's wrong? Jay! Jay, speak to me! Son of a bitch, what now? Jay, Jay! What's wrong with him? We can't stay here. We have to get him get out. Get him up! Get him! Fuck! Fuck it! The light! The lighthouse is gone! Jay! Jay, oh my god, are you okay? What? what happened? Where am I? What? Where's the light? Why is it so dark? Where? Take it easy. What happened to you? I, I must have blacked out or something. I felt like I felt like I was being dragged down again. Are you good? I think so. I don't know, but I think so. It's all right, Silas. It's all right. I'm right here. It, it disappeared. So fast. So dark. <laughs> Lizzie? <laughs> oh, this is going great. Just great. The water's fucked. Upsilon's fucked. Jay's fucked. We're all fucked. Lizzie. Lizzie, please. This is scary enough. Sorry. I'm sorry. We wait to hear from Upsilon. 
Otherwise, we make for the breach. Nothing else we can do. <sighs> we really dragged you into it, didn't we, Alex? I'm sorry for that outburst. Still, she's right. This is fucked. Yes. Yes, it is. This is Upsilon. Are you still there? Over. Gods, it's good to hear your voice, Upsilon. We're still in one piece over here. What happened? Over. After the lighthouse switched on, we inspected the beach and saw the natives staring at the light. We thought we could try and sneak past them. One of our security team got near the water and he... He dissolved. Over. Upsilon, did you say... Dissolved? Over. Correct. One moment he was standing in the surf. The next he was turning into a blackish substance liquefied like he just melted it ate right through his hazmat suit then the natives rushed on us and we had to leave i think they were responding they all headed to where our security member disappeared jesus fuck. that's the last we saw of him we're at the breach still open for now over i'm so sorry epsilon truly We know what we signed up for. We're not going to let his sacrifice go to waste. We want to head back out there. Nothing else to do. How should we proceed? Over. Crazy bastards. You're one to talk. I... I understand. The best thing we can do is try and find a different body of water. Perhaps the specimen will be inland, away from the ocean. I suggest finding a lake or something similar, but proceed with caution. None of us know what we're doing out here. Over. Understood. What course will you take? Over. We found a chasm nearby. Between us and the lighthouse, we're going to try and explore it. Perhaps we can find the specimen or a way across to the lighthouse. I'd like to see if we can investigate. Keep checking in with us. Over. Roger that. We'll start moving inland. Check back in an hour. Good luck, Alpha. Over and out. You too. Take care. Over and out. Dissolved? <sighs> That's what she said. Liquefied! God damn it, Cassius. That was too close. Fuck that! Someone died. This is- Yes! We lost someone! And we can't stop to think about it. Like Alora said, they knew what could happen. We all do, and anyone could be next. But we don't have time to argue. Let's head for the canyon, see what we find. Nothing for it. I'm ready. What do we do if the lighthouse turns back on? The same thing we do if it doesn't. We look around. The ocean's a dead end. Maybe, maybe we'll find the next breach. You're worried about the next breach? It's not about the breach. I hope we can find signs of Asheratu civilization. If we do, maybe we can find another moon pool or freshwater or something. The specimen has to be around here somewhere, and we will find it. 
for now, let's head to the canyon and go from there. Fine. Follow me. Bad to worse doesn't even do this situation justice. Silas Caldwell, situation report for Yanis. Let me see if I can even attempt to summarize the events of the last few hours. We've split from Upsilon to cover more ground, but have discovered a huge structure some distance away, akin to a lighthouse, which randomly powered on and started beaming light high overhead. The amphibian natives were spellbound by its light, but when Upsilon tried to use the diversion, they lost one of their security team. Dissolved in the ocean, they said. Lizzie has urged us to explore elsewhere. Now, we've approached the edge of a canyon between us and the lighthouse. The bottom... Uh, there is no bottom. There is. It's just... Really far. Really far. Look, here goes a stone. Huh. See? There's an end. But I didn't hear anything. Neither did I. But we can pretend. I mean, it has to have an end, right? Shouldn't we see lava at the bottom if it goes to the core? Not necessarily. We have no idea what kind of geological structure this planet has. There might not be any magma below. We just don't know. Gods! It's pitch black past our lights. It looks like... Like the breach entrance. Yep. Sure does. No easy way across. I can't even see the other side. If only the lighthouse would turn back on. We could actually see something before now. Should we follow the edge inland? I think that's all we can do. It's almost time for our check-in, but let's get some distance. Alex. Hmm? Speaking of geology, would you mind giving your initial thoughts about this depth for the report and to fill the silence? Oh, the report. Yeah. I'm, I'm confused. Really confused. The ambient temperature, it's not cold, but it should be a lot colder. Planets with long day-night cycles get really cold at night, but we've been here for hours almost a whole Earth Day, and it's still dark. But the temperature is stable? It makes me wonder if the planet is warm geothermal. But if so, we should have seen some kind of magmatic activity, like Jay said. Especially in a canyon that large. The planet would have to emit a lot of heat if, if it has no star. You think this depth doesn't have a sun? I don't know. But there's life here, so how do they get energy? Deep sea vents? I think Cass was telling me the other day that if the sun disappeared, one of the only species that would survive on Earth would be tube worms that feed on the vents deep in the ocean. Could be happening out there. And why are the stars so dim anyway? We should have a great view of them, of the whole galaxy without any light pollution. We should be amazing. 
but they're so faint. Mm-hmm. Maybe this planet is lost. Not in a galaxy at all. Somewhere in the vast emptiness between. Far, far away from starlight. Horrifying. Could it be worse. We could all be popsicles. I suppose. Anything else? Well, I wonder if the lighthouse is tied to the geothermal activity. Maybe there's some kind of magmatic flow and something has harnessed it to emit light? You think the lighthouse is a purposeful structure? I think so. The beam, the light beam is directed and it sweeps in a circle just like a lighthouse. And it's so high. All that seems purposeful, designed. I doubt whatever gives off that much light would naturally assume a pattern like that. Do you... Do you think it could have been built by the Esratu people? Possibly. We saw quite a few structures on Esratu, and my translation seems to indicate they were once capable of even larger ambitions. Maybe that's where we'll find the breach. But that's just a guess. I don't... I don't have much else to work with, and... I've mostly just been worried. Hmm. I understand. I'll quit pestering you. No, no. Thanks for taking my mind off things. I haven't had a chance to analyze much. Can't help but have some pretty grim thoughts right now. <laughs> we'll find it. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Report for Yanis. We've checked in with Upsilon twice since the last report. No end in sight to the canyon and nothing of note. Just more black sand and rocks everywhere. Looking pretty bleak, but we're still searching. Lighthouse still off. We'll make another report later. Status report. Fucking nothing. Again. Cass. Cass. We need to stop. I don't want to. We've been walking for hours. It's time to rest. <sighs> Find a rock and get comfy. We can't even sit on the sand. It's gritty and sharp and why is it wet? And we thought depth five was awful. This place? This place might as well be hell. Maybe Cy was right. <laughs> Hear that? You were right. You told us, Birdbait. Welcome to hell, everyone. I don't want to be right ever again, but I did tell you so. At least we know one thing. I would never want to stay here. No wonder they left for Asratu. Got any leads on that, Silas? What do you mean? Well, about the whole going from place to place. The, uh, Mabel thingy. Oh, sadly, no. Unfortunately, while the new Gaian text has a few illuminations for me, I still don't understand the nature of the Nabokutul. It seems that there was a caste called the Keepers of the Way who performed the ritual, but at some cost to themselves. It was never a good thing to perform a Nabokutul, but needs must. I... I haven't found anything else. Sorry. <laughs> 
Man, why didn't anybody write this stuff down? Seems awfully important. Especially if you're gonna wind up on Earth and make it our problem. Maybe it's always been our problem. Don't forget, there's a chance that the people who came out of the first breach were other humans. Or integrated somehow. Nah, no way. These are aliens. You don't know that! But I do. I feel it. In my bones. They were strange and different. I see it. In my third eye. I'm beginning to manifest. Ooh. It's not fun, Jay. <laughs> Poor taste, Jay. Damn, even you're crabby. I thought running off for parts unknown was your favorite thing. Why are you making so many damn wisecracks? Gallows humor? That's no excuse. We've already lost one. And I could be next? You think I haven't thought of that? I'm just trying to help. Well, that's a piss-poor way of doing it. Sorry. I'll leave you alone. Jay! Jay. Cass. He won't go far. He knows better. And I need the space, too. Well, guess that leaves you and me. Peas in a pod, huh? I... I... Yes, so. Well, don't act like I'm the worst person who could have cornered you. There are worse options. Much worse. I... I haven't had a chance to say this, but I'm sorry about- So, why don't we pass the time and swap some theories? Jay got me thinking. But you start. What do you think happened to the Asratu? Um, uh, <clears throat> the Asratu. That's a good name for them, I suppose. The depth, city, the people, they can all share the same name. It's, it's most likely they died off. Given the state of the city compared to any other signs of their civilization, I believe precious few of them made it out of Asratu alive. And according to the Akkadian text, they never fully recovered. While Earth is much better than any of these depths, it's not exactly a paradise itself. But then, how does the breach end up in the Pacific Ocean? That's a long way away from the Akkadian Empire, isn't it? Vincula never gave us any details where in the Pacific they found it. But yes, either they made it at least that far, or someone else who discovered it considered it cursed and dropped it there. I wouldn't want to hang around the breach if it was in my power to choose. Could that be where it got placed? Or naturally appeared, I mean. You know, after a Nabokutu? How do the breaches even show up? I assume they must have a way to fling them or teleport them from planet to planet. I don't know. But I doubt it's where they naturally emerged. Or else we wouldn't have the dual language text. Our evidence suggests the breach was dumped in the ocean long after the text was made. Again, I don't know how deep the breach sat in the ocean, but we have a text. Someone got the story out, so... So they did live long enough to write the story down. Maybe. Perhaps they integrated with the human civilizations of Earth for a short time. Maybe they were themselves some kind of human. Or maybe someone found the unknown language and made their own translation. The Azratu could have been long dead before the dual language text was made. That's... Who would 
be crazy enough to translate a story like this. Who would be crazy enough to chase that story down into the ocean and start a whole breach project? Fair point. But returning to the Osratu, I have so many questions I can't answer with the data on hand. Did they emerge in a pre-Akkadian time? Was Akkadian simply the earliest language they learned to utilize? If they learned any language, did someone else translate this? Are they human progenitors? Not human at all. I... I don't know. But we do have an Akkadian text, so why Akkadian? Well, here's the thing. Texts are fragile, especially in the day and age before printing presses. Even if the Esratu wrote their story down, it had to survive up to Akkadian times so it could be translated or copied or what have you. Here's what I think. I think the Esratu might have emerged around the time of the Akkadian Empire. We don't know for sure, but if so, then the language choice was obvious. Even if they weren't part of the Empire, the Akkadian language was the lingua franca for many regions around the time of their civilization. But then, why wasn't it updated? Did an Akkadian make the translation and no one else saw any sense in preserving the text? But then, there's another mystery. The text itself is of medieval European origin. Wait, what? I didn't know that. Yes, the book is only about a thousand years old and its fabrication shows techniques used in monasteries during the Dark Ages, which sounds old, and it surely is, but the Akkadians lived closer to 4,000 years ago. The age when Akkadian was spoken is more than three times as far from the physical copy of the text as we are from the time the book was made. Akkadian was long dead by the time the book was written. Does that make sense? I think so. Gods, so why... Is it still in Akkadian? If the text was copied in the medieval ages, shouldn't it be in, like, ye old English or Proto-Germanic or something? The question that has been dogging me since this all started. So, the dual language text ends with a commandment to forget, to try and put all this knowledge aside about the breaches and the Nabokutul. Maybe what I think happened was someone found the text much later, long after the Asratu had perished, and after the Akkadians were dead. Someone from Earth, some hapless Gregorian monks, maybe. They copied it, along with the isolate, seeking to understand, but maybe, maybe they were the ones who found the breach and dumped it in the ocean. Considered it satanic or something like that. To be fair, that sounds exactly like something medieval Christians would do. Hmm. Imagine. A crusade to dump the breach in the ocean. Except the part where they'd bother to copy and preserve it in the first place. They would have burned a text like this, especially if it was heretical or dangerous. True. So someone copies the text in blatant disregard of the instructions in the book. Why? Maybe. Maybe someone was just curious or disobedient. Like I said, all a work in progress. I don't have further answers. I realize my own theory is far-fetched, but it would explain why we have a text at all, why it was made in medieval Europe, but also why no alien people or remnant of one still remain or on- Or maybe they do remain, but were human ancestors and integrated with human society. I don't know how that would even work. Are we suggesting that all humans emerged from Asratu? Why is that so hard to believe? Well, like, how does that gel with evolutionary theory? 
Are you saying the Esratu were ape-like ancestors? Not necessarily. I'm saying, I don't want this to sound like Jay's crazy stories, but maybe they were genetically compatible with humans. He sure likes to delve into the more conspiratorial side of things. You think this is a conspiracy? We've been on six other planets or dimensions or whatever, Silas. Did you ever expect to even be on one besides Earth? True. What I'm reminded of are all the historical tales of angelic beings or deities. If you had the kind of power, or maybe allegiance would be a proper term, to create things like breaches, wouldn't you consider that to be pretty godlike? Perhaps. But why do you think it's an allegiance? I've been reading your translation. Think about it. They were running for their lives, never quite able to tame each depth, and suffering all the while. If they had the technology to create breaches, why have so much trouble elsewhere? I think the breaches were gifts. And that's part of what the whole Nabokultul stuff demanded. I think the Asratu may have angered a power they couldn't placate. So... Yasratu might be gone, but we're running headlong into their masters. Masters? Allies? Gods? I don't know. But the ability to leap between worlds? That's no joke. Let me put this in a cryptozoologist's perspective. You come crawling out of the breach, barely surviving, but there's nothing left of your own people, and your leaders want this knowledge to be forgotten. They would look like a dying breed of angels, Silas. Servants to a god or gods, but having no power on their own. That's what I think happened. Makes you wonder what else they could do, or ask for. I doubt their capabilities ended with just the novel cool tool. They had insane knowledge, the secrets to creating breaches, subjugating wildlife. But they wouldn't, or couldn't, do more. And they couldn't adapt either. But the stories went out from there, and humans did what humans do best, telling the stories so many times in so many different ways. And now, we've got stories of angels, and demons, and cryptids, and fairies, and creatures beyond imagination. And no other breaches to show for it. Thank God. I'm not so sure about that. It might be the gods' work that gave the Asratu these breaches in the first place. But why? If these gods were seeking the Isratu, why keep giving them breaches? What was in it for them? Maybe they stole the secret. Maybe that's what they're looking for. But I don't really know. All that remains a mystery, and I'm just trading theories. At any rate, the Asratu are all gone now, surely. Or very good at hiding. And now the breaches are our problem to deal with. What can you do? Our best, I suppose. Like that's done us any good so far. Hey. Hey, do you see that? Someone's flashlight. Wait, no. It's way too far. It's on the horizon. Hey, gather up! Everybody, head back! What's up? You see that? A light? It's out there, and it's moving. Left and right, left and right. It's moving fast, and shit, do you feel that? I hear it! It's huge! It's shaking the ground! It's headed this way! We need to find cover! 
What is it? Don't know. Don't care to find out. Move! There's nowhere to go! We're trapped! Damn this canyon! It's blocking us! Get on the edge! Maybe it won't come close. Hey, I found a ridge down here. In the canyon? Move it. Get down here. Maybe we can hide. Go! Go! Another tense escape from God's knows what. Saturn's rings. This place is hideous. Cass. Cass, what did you see? Hey, uh, you remember that table from Necropolis? Yes. There was a, uh, a weird snake creature with a lantern on its head. I I think that was it. The light was dangling over its head, and it looked like a snake, but big. Much bigger than Earth snakes, obviously. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. It just. It just keeps getting weirder. Yeah, you're right about that, but hey, pretty cool looking. Why are you so damned happy about an enormous snake monster? Cause it's cool. And we're not dead. <sighs> Alex, let's get the radio set up. We need to tell them. There's a giant angler snake on the loose, and they need to be careful. Alright. Now there's a radio message I never thought I'd hear. I thought I heard them all. Okay, do that. But then, we should go further down this ridge. Down into the canyon. Any better ideas? No? Okay, I'll lead the way. Cassius, I lead this expedition, and that is a brilliant idea. Surely exploring the ridge into utter darkness won't go wrong, right? Right? Ha! Upsilon, this is Alpha. Come in, Upsilon. Over. I'm surrounded by... Well, I won't say idiots, but folks without much of a sense of self-preservation. And it's beginning to wear on me. <laughs> Syntax is a podcast by Twin Strangers Productions and is licensed under an attribution share alike 4.0 international license. Today's episode was directed and produced by Stella Rowan Odom and written by Ty Vaughn. Silas Caldwell is played by Ty Vaughn. Cassius Thatcher is played by Beth Sage Fong. Elizabeth Bellinger is played by Morgie B. Alex Yard is played by Jules Christine. Jeremiah Woods is played by Elgin Smith. Additional voices provided by Stella Rowan Odom. Adam Robinson, Landon Wisnant, Bill Simons. 
Find out more about the show on syntaxpodcast.com. Link in the description. If you enjoyed this episode, rate us on your favorite listening platform. It helps us out tremendously. Know the depths. Wish for more. Special thanks to our Indiegogo backers who supported us this season. Micah Carmichael. Jen Shabel. Jamie Henderson. Leanne Egan. Flo. Audrey Feltner. Fox. Katrina Rogers. Jose Sanchez. Johan Kingsley. Kit Hardig. This show was made on the Twin Strangers Productions Network. You can support the creation of new and ongoing audio dramas by subscribing to our Patreon. Visit our website to find the latest news and updates about other shows at twinstrangersproductions.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.